0: We don't know what you've got going on, but we're glad that you've made the Daily Bible podcast a part of your Saturday.
1: That's a good way to start your Saturday.
0: In fact, an even better way to start your Saturday is to make sure that not just the podcast happens, but time in the Word. Time in the Word. Well, yeah. Yeah.
1: If you're listening to the podcast, we assume you're probably engaging with the Word to some degree. We hope. Yeah. That is our hope.
0: Yeah. This is not like Cliff Notes. Like, did you ever use those in in school, Cliff Notes? All the time. Pink monkey notes, spark notes. Yes. 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 Yep. Yeah. This is not that. Nope. Nope. No. We want you to read in the Bible, and that's what we're here to talk about, is the Bible. We're here to talk about our DBR section for today, which in the Old Testament is Second Chronicles uh, 32 and 33, just two chapters today, and then in the New Testament is the rest of John 18. The rest of John 18, but let's dive into the Old Testament together. Here we go. The, uh, the opening of, of chapter 32, we've still got Hezekiah on the throne, and now he reach, or meets a Uh, An interesting opponent, a guy named Sennacherib. Mm, uh, Delicious. Not snack ribs.
1: Sennacherib. Always read that wrong.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) Um, Now I'm thinking about the McRib. Yeah.
1: Hey, that was good. I, I really hope they bring that back someday.
0: Whoa, hold on a second. The McRib? You've had the McRib?
1: Of course I have.
0: I've never had the McRib.
1: I'm an American, aren't I?
0: Well, yes, but you're also way more health conscious than I am.
1: Every and now and then you got to live a little.
0: If somebody were like, which one of the two of you have had the McRib? <laughs> I guarantee you that the good money would be on me.
1: I, You know, okay, it's fair. But there are times to feast and there are times to fast. I feel like the fasting time, sometimes you just need a little McRib in your life.
0: Okay, so they bring it back every once in a while. They do. Do you go and get it when it comes back? Not
1: every time. Not, not every time because I, every time. I I save it up. I, it's like if you have something special every day, then it's no longer special.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's molded into the shape of
1: ribs. I don't care. Okay. Chicken right. McNuggets too. I'm all about those guys. All right. Well, snack rib. There's only four shapes of the chicken McNuggets. You know that? There's four shapes and they repeat them. They're actually they're and they're they're obviously not shaped that way because of the bones. Right. Because the They mold. shape them that way. Yeah. And I think it's they're chicken delicious. Chicken paste. Chicken paste is delicious. Yeah.
0: Snack rib. It was, the Mikrib is better than Sennacherib. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, you can take that to the bank. Sennacherib comes and uh, lays siege to Jerusalem. And uh, Hezekiah re- responds in strength, as we would expect him to, I think, at this point. And he says in verse 7 to the people, Be strong and courageous. Do not be def- afraid or dismayed before the king of Assyria and the horde that is with him, for they are more with us than with him. With him is an arm of flesh. But with us is the Lord our God. Preach it. Us
1: Preach it, man. Come on. Yeah. I want to go fight now.
0: Yes. Yeah. This is a brave heart moment. I mean, I don't know if he was wearing a kilt and throwing a sword, but mm. uh, probably not. But this is a fire up moment. This is him reminding the people of Israel. There's more with us than with them. Honestly, that numerically speaking, that probably was not true. I'm imagining oh, of course Sennacherib have far more people. Definitely he did. Um, and, and laying siege to a city. If, you, if you're not familiar with that, basically a siege is we're going to starve you out. Yep. We're going to surround the city. You're not going to be able to get out or get in and uh, and we are going to starve you out. Um there were the, we're in Texas, so this is appropriate. The, the Alamo, the, the Mexican forces came and, and lay siege to the Alamo. Nobody could get in or get out. Mm. And they were going to either starve the people into surrender and, and, or they were going to die with a, an attack. And Sennacherib has come to do the same thing. And then he begins to go after the people. He tries to persuade the people yep. that following Hezekiah and more specifically following the God of Hezekiah was going to lead to their doom. And so he uh, begins to, to taunt and to question and to say, why are you following him? Why are you listening to him? Why are you taking courage in, in the God of Israel? Uh, isn't he the one that took away the high places and, and the places where this God was worshipped? Do you think that this God is really going to respond well to you? And then he, he makes these bold and audacious comments where he begins to flex against God Um, and and that's the greatest problem here. He says in verse 14, who among all the gods of the nations that my fathers devoted to destruction was able to deliver his people from my hand, that your God should be able to deliver you from my hand? And and I think his his main issue here and the fatal flaw is in verse 19. It says, they spoke of the God of Jerusalem as they spoke of the gods of the peoples of the earth, which are the work of men's hands. And so here you have Sennacherib, Who's flexing against God, and that never that never goes well. No, when when people bow up against God,
1: you flex against God, you're going to break your muscles. I, I guarantee you that. I, I really I was paying attention this time as I was reading and uh, verses. Nine, this time, this one time, I was paying attention. The rest of the time, I was just reading through it, nine through nineteen. Most of this is them throwing out bombs of questioning. It's meant to undermine, and it's meant to shake and and quake the people of Israel by saying, well, come on, think about this, guys. Let's reason together. It throws out all these rhetorical questions that are meant to undermine their faith, and I thought this is one of the tactics of the enemy. Mm. They ask questions that are meant to mislead and disturb, and in fact, this is the old-fashioned tactic of the enemy in Genesis chapter 3. Has God really said, did he tell you to do that? Is that what he wanted you to do? Um, so this is a common tactic. Now, Christian, you, you should be aware. When you start getting uh, attacked, if someone's on the offensive with you asking all these questions, you need to be on the, uh, don't be defensive. Recognize you can stand on the Word of God. The Word of God is true. It is, uh, it is right, and it, you can rely on that, which is, I think, what Hezekiah does. He, he relies on God, and he consequently is delivered.
0: Exactly. It, it, as you were talking about that, I'm, I'm thinking of Philippians 4, 8, which I think is one of my, my favorite passages when we become anxious or when we begin to doubt and when the enemy attacks this way, because one of the first things is, as Paul lays out kind of that sieve for our brains there as right. far as what we should be thinking on, first thing right off the bat is whatever is true. Mm-hmm. And that's our standard, Christian. If you're listening to this, if, if you begin to question or doubt, we need to go back to the scriptures and remind ourselves of what is true. And... Hezekiah knew what was true. He, he knew how God had responded. He knew how God had preserved his people in the past. He knew, as we've been talking about in this series so far in, in Chronicles, that if he sought the Lord, the Lord would respond favorably to him. That's right. And so he strengthens himself and strengthens his people. Um, and he, he prays and he, he asks for deliverance. He responds to Sennacherib, not by looking to a foreign nation, as some of his predecessors had done for help and trying to get them to come and help him. He goes to the Lord. He seeks the Lord and the Lord responds. And the Lord delivers. And there's a, a broader treatment of this in uh, in Isaiah, and also in um, in, in the the books of, of Kings, where where you get a little bit more detail. There's the Rabshaka, um and other things like that. That that happens here. Chronicle, uh, chroniclers is, is summarizing more for us, but just a, such a, a cool scene of the resiliency and the resolve of Hezekiah.
1: Yeah. One important point in verse uh, one of chapter thirty-two. Notice here the the fact that they're battling against Sennacherib is not because Hezekiah has done foolishly. To the contrary, it's because he was faithful. After these things, he says, and these acts of faithfulness, it's at this point Sennacherib, king of Assyria, comes and invades Judah. So God is clearly testing him here. And I think based on what you're saying, Pastor PJ, he he passed the test. Mm -hmm. He depended upon the Lord. He relied on him. He didn't go to the foreigners. He let the Lord be his guide. And that's exactly what you need to hear today. We need Jesus. We need him. Uh, to to be our dependency and our hope. No matter what's happening in our lives, your your consequences or the uh, situation you're going through isn't necessarily a consequence of your sin. It could be a consequence of your righteousness, mm-hmm. and God is testing you, and the purpose is that he'll grow you and make you become more like Christ.
0: And, and here's the thing that, that's important for us to hold on to, too, and that is even if Jerusalem had fallen, God's still faithful. Indeed. Right? E- even if you don't get the, the job, God's still faithful. Even mm-hmm. if the diagnosis does come back as cancer, and it's not a benign tumor. Right. God's still faithful, and we can still seek him. Kind of like we talked about last time, because our hope is not here and now. Mm -hmm. Hezekiah's hope was ultimately not in the there and then of him sitting on that throne, but in the future Davidic king, the the Messiah that would rule and reign forever. That's right. Um, And that's why God is reliable. That's why God is trustworthy. That's why God is good. That's why he's worthy of our confidence. Well, Hezekiah trips towards the end of his life, and pride creeps in, as we've looked at time and time again with these kings. And uh, this is, again, a summary, but we know uh, elsewhere that that he got sick and God was gracious to him, merciful to him and said, I'll give you 15 more years. Um, And he receives those 15 years and he's humble during those 15 years. Mm -hmm. And so he repents from his pride. uh, But Hezekiah's uh, slip up there allows for the birth of the next guy, Manasseh, Manasseh,
1: with the longest reign of any Judean king this guy was up there. I mean, look at 55 years. We get a president for four years, maybe eight. Could you imagine what it would be like to have someone rule over your life, your, your nation for 55 years? That's like the most, that's, that's most of your life. If not like three quarters of your life.
0: Right. And especially I wouldn't want this guy.
1: Yeah. Certainly not this guy, but I'm thankful that we only get people for four years or eight at most. Right. This guy, 55 years. Right. Crazy. Right.
0: And the list of things he did in the beginning of chapter 33, I mean, they're summed up by the chronicler. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord according to the abominations of the nations the Lord drove out before the people of Mm -hmm. Israel. And then he he kind of one-ups himself down in in verse 9. He says he led Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem astray to do more evil than the nations whom the Lord had destroyed before the people of Israel.
1: Not the kind of competition you should be part of. No, no.
0: But I think one of the things that we can be encouraged by is Manasseh repents. Yes, Um, and all of the wicked that he had done, including uh, killing his children and building altars to these false gods and all the false worship and all the idolatry and everything else associated with it, he repents and God hears. God is merciful and gracious to him. Thank you, Lord. It says in verse 12, he was in great distress and he sought the favor of the Lord. He entreated the favor of the Lord, his God, and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers. He prayed to him and God was moved by his entreaty Heard his plea and brought him again to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord was God. Yeah. Y- y'all, repentance is never too late. It's never too late for someone to repent. So whether that's you listening to this right now and you're like, well, I, I just don't feel like God could ever forgive me for X, Y, or Z or whether that's one of your family members who you've heard that same thing for from, here you have a story where we can be encouraged by this. It's it's like Saul who became Paul, who was responsible for the persecutions of Christians and killing Christians, and yet God forgave him, redeemed him, and used him in a, such a powerful way to plant churches and, and to pen the majority of our New Testament. And so it's never too late for repentance. There's consequences here, yep. and there were grave consequences for Israel, including the the successor of Manasseh who we read about in the very end of chapter 33 Ammon I mean the 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 son repeats the sins of of the father here only reigns for two years did not humble himself before the Lord as Manasseh his father humbled himself verse 23 but his son Ammon incurred guilt more and more Uh, and so there's there's consequences but I think the silver lining in 33 if there is some is that repentance is available for anyone and everyone as long as there's still a day
1: Amen. No one's too far gone. Uh, some, some people have asked before, and, and they probably asked you, Pastor PJ, how long do I keep praying for somebody to get saved before I, before I stop? And I think the answer we generally give them is you don't. You don't stop praying. You keep praying until you die, because God may still yet answer that prayer, maybe even after you're long gone, as in the case of some of the stories that you brought up not too long ago, Pastor PJ.
0: Right, yeah, with George Mueller. George Mueller had friends that he prayed for. Uh, a couple of them were, were children of friends that he prayed for, and he would pray for he prayed for decades for these mm. uh, these men to come to know Jesus and we're not talking like 20 years we're talking 30, 40, 50 60 years dies and then they come to faith after his death crazy and so the question is did God answer his prayer and the answer is yes yes not here on on earth while while Mueller was here at least yeah. but but later on he absolutely did yeah what I what I like to tell people because I would often get when I was a men's pastor I would often get guys come to me and say hey i'm praying for my wife i'm praying for my 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 kids what how long should i keep praying and i would often tell them this look as long as you still have today we can wrestle for their soul we right can go to the lord and pray right and we can 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 be begging and imploring god please save them and we do everything that we can which is to make sure we put the gospel in front of them um, in a faithful way and put them in the way of god's word as much as we possibly can get them to church look if they're living under your roof get them to church they need yep. to be coming to church with you yep um uh, and and we do everything we can as parents, but we can trust them, or whether it's a spouse or whoever it may be, God can still work. And so keep praying. Amen. And the reason we can be forgiven is the rest of John 18 through 21, 22, 21. I'm adding a chapter to to John's gospel. I mean, if you got to do that, yeah fill no. it in a little bit but uh, here the, the 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 trials of Jesus continue and again i still i go back to just this concept of the control that Jesus is in here even though we're reading lines here like that that he's led they they lead Jesus away they they bind Jesus right. and it, it seems to all eyes like they're in control and yet Jesus is in control the whole time because he's submitting himself to the will of the father right. the whole time it's Acts chapter 2 where, where Peter says that this Jesus delivered over by the hands of lawless men you crucified and then he says this according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God so every step that Jesus takes being led by these Jewish uh, religious leaders or being led by these Roman soldiers, that's a step ordained by the Father that he's walking in here.
1: Amen, amen. And one of the things that Jesus says here is what strikes me and has often, sometimes puzzled me, but I think I'm, I'm getting my head wrapped around all that Jesus means by this. And in verse number middle of mm-hmm. 18, he says, for this purpose I was born and for this purpose I've come into the world too. And here's his purpose clause, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Uh, Of course, then you have that famous phrase from Pilate in verse 38, what is truth? And one of the things I love about what Jesus says here is, I think what he's getting at, and there's so much richness here, probably circling the the entire meaning of this, but for those whom he's appointed to eternal life, those who have been destined to understand and know the truth, those people are going to hear his words, and they're going to be like, whoa, those are my words. Kind of like when these guys here, they fall back when they hear him say, I am for those who are Christians, when we hear the word of God, there's something mysterious that happens to us where we hear, it like, yeah, I need to hear that. I, I that's the truth. I resonate with that. Something deep within us comes back and says, Yeah, I need that. I love that.
0: And I, I think it's such a, a cool picture too for us to just be reminded as we see it in Jesus' life, because so often we can see it as we look back in our life here. But the the plan of God unfolding and and he's using the, the forces of the world to, to execute his plan to perfection. And it's the the world has no clue that they're playing right into the hands of God and doing exactly what God wants them to do. And yet right. that's exactly what's happening here. And Jesus says in verse 36, as he's talking there to Pilate, he says, my kingdom is not of this world. And then he says this, and I think this is a, a flex by Jesus here. He says, if my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not from the world. Now we know where Peter is right now. Peter's, denying jesus to a servant girl three times Mm -hmm. so it's like okay jesus your servants would would be fighting for you right 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 yeah because that is the type of leader he would have been if his kingdom was from the world Mm -hmm. he would have been recruiting the zealots and he would have been recruiting the the military forces and he would have been equipping them and he would have been saying yeah peter you missed the neck go for the neck next time not just the (laughs) ear and yet he he was a different kind of king with a different kind of kingdom and the world had no clue that they were ushering in him to that that ultimate role in our lives as savior and then eventually the 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 davidic king that's going to rule and reign in the millennial kingdom for us but but that's what's unfolding right here Um, and it's all according to god's perfect plan and we think about our own lives and everything going on in our our lives and and if god is organizing executing this to perfection um, the amazing thing is he's doing that with us too and i think you know you read psalm 139 and you Mm -hmm. see the detail of god's knowledge of our lives right and just the 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 love that he has for us as well. It's such an encouraging thought as we see Jesus walk through all this. As you're walking through a trial, Christian, God has has brought you into that and will bring you out of it according to his plan, whether that's by calling you home or whether that's through a, a temporal deliverance here and now, but it's just encouraging to know he's in control.
1: Amen to that. And one other thing I would add to this is what, what is encouraging on top of his sovereignty. Uh, we're reminded again of Jesus' love for us. All of this is Jesus' decision to do as an act of his love toward us. This is referring back to some of our prior readings, but Jesus is washing our feet. He's washing our sin with his life. He's about to lay it all down out of his great love for us. So as you go about your day, no matter what the situation is, as Pastor P.J. was just saying, remember that you are loved by Jesus Christ. He holds you. He will not let you go. If he did the greater thing of dying on the cross for your sin, will he not do the lesser thing that you're probably struggling with right now? I dare say that he'll be faithful.
0: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. He will. And then the the one last note, which always just makes me shake my head is, is just at the very end of verse 18, when the crowds are given the opportunity, do you want Jesus or Barabbas? And Mm. I think Pilate offers Barabbas thinking there's no way, there's no way they're going to take, and it calls him a robber in the text here. He was much more than that. Yeah. Yeah, He was a murderer. He was, he was trying to usurp the, the, the Roman empire and he was corrupt and he was a violent man. And he's thinking, surely they're not going to take him. And yet they cry out, give us Barabbas and crucify Jesus. Mm. And just one last thought for us. We're all Barabbas, every single one of us, spared, and Christ takes our place. Amen. Well, Christians, those of you listening to us, we love you, and we're thankful for you, and we're grateful that you're listening each and every day with us. Make sure to tune in tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. See you then.